0: So 1 Samuel chapter 14, this has been our, our anchor verse, uh, man, for several, for about a month and a half. Uh, perhaps God, uh, perhaps God. And, and I love this, this is where we get the context. Jonathan, he said to his younger brother, bearer, come, let's go to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Make sure you get your Bibles all- online audience. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving whether by many or by few, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you. We touched on this last week. I'm with you heart and soul. And it continues on. I read this the very first week of perhaps God. I'm going to click it right here. Is this working? Come on, clicker. In Jesus' name, I want you to work today, all right? I, you will work today, clicker. All right. And oh, 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 and I'm with you heart and soul. See? God is good. And Jonathan said, behold, we'll cross over to the men and we'll show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, remember, they're at a low ground, the Midians or the Philistines are at the higher ground, and they, wait, wait, we'll come to you, then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them. We're still fighting. We're still gonna fight. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has given them into our hand, and this shall be the sign to us. Do you understand Jonathan was like, if they do the easier thing, we'll fight. But if they ask us to do the harder thing, the Lord's going to give us victory. That's the last time you asked God for a sign, and you're like, God, make it really hard so I know it's you. <laughs> Oftentimes we're like, Lord, if, it's, if, if you do the easy thing, then I'll know it's you. Come on, right? And here's what it says. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And The Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes. They have hidden for themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan's armor bearer and said, come up to us. And we're going to show you a thing or two. We're going to show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, how many know? You need some crazy people in your life. Come on, somebody, right? And he goes, he said to his armor bearer, come up after me. He was like. Yes! Come up after me! For the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, give us Jonathan like faith. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that perhaps you will still do what you're going to do. Perhaps you will still heal us. Perhaps Although it looks terrible, although we're on our hands and knees climbing up to the enemy, although it looks uh, man, it, it looks terrible, or the situation looks difficult, the Father, perhaps, you will still give us the victory. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody in this room, shout it! Amen, amen and amen. Now I'm. Uh, this is the finale. of Perhaps God next week we're going to be diving into believe again and the Christmas message, the Christmas story. And, uh, but, man, I really had to wrap up, perhaps God, because perhaps God is, is all about faith. It's all about faith. And, uh, and I've just seen with, with our church, man, God has increased our faith over this past couple months. And, and how many, know no more than ever, man, we need faith. Man, we need faith. I can feel my faith get sucked dry when I go to social media or the news. I can see my faith get sucked dry if I talk to somebody negative. Man, we, we, need, we need faith. And what I love about perhaps God, I love about that phrase, is when we say, perhaps God will. And about, over several, about a month and a half ago, we have cars that we filled out. We've been praying over those cars. Our team, we've been praying, uh, crying over those cars. And, and we're seeing all your perhaps God will prayers. But what I love about perhaps God, is it's all about faith. But the reason why I love about perhaps God is because a lot of times, it's, it's, it's not perhaps I can, it's perhaps God will. Right? It's a whole different Mindset, it's a whole different context. But I want to talk about kind of the tension today of perhaps God doesn't, then what do I do? Perhaps God is all about faith. But, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, if you've grown up in church, you've seen the scripture verse uh, time and time again. Hebrews 11, verse 1, and it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not. Scene. Jonathan had an assurance and a conviction that God was going to give him the victory. Jonathan knew that he knew, hey, listen, perhaps God will give us the victory, but if they tell us to go up there, then it's definitely God. God definitely did a powerful thing. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin, which clings so closely. And I want you to see this, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance. I want you to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is seated at the right hand of God. As we close out this collection of talks, I really want to just challenge you as well as challenge myself, that I really believe our perhaps God prayers should require faith in God. It should require faith in God. That we shouldn't say, perhaps God will do something that's possible. Perhaps God will do something that's impossible. Perhaps God will move heaven and earth for my situation. Man, is our perhaps God prayer so impossible that only God could do it? I love how Jonathan. Jonathan is our bear. I mean, it's, if they come down to us, cool. I mean, we'll we'll fight. We might die. We're outnumbered, two versus several hundreds. Maybe we'll do it. But if God, but if they tell us to go up to them, man, it's totally God. It's impossible. But I love this, how Hebrews chapter 12. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. This is Jesus, so that you may look at the example of Jesus and you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. I really believe with all my heart, a month and a half ago, we filled out perhaps God will prayers, and we have it, and we clipped it to the in the back, and you can still do that as well. And you've been praying and praying and praying, but a lot of times in that prayer, we start to grow weary. Or faint-hearted. We, 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 we become more like Saul and we go hide and try to strategize. or we hide and we say, "Oh, it's just terrible, it's a terrible situation and, and I just don't know what. And can I tell you, I'm preaching myself today because I have grown weary and I have grown faint-hearted believing for a miracle. I've grown weary saying, perhaps God will, to perhaps God, you know. And can I be real with you? A lot of times I'll go, well, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps what God was really doing was, is He, he, maybe, maybe He's going to do it this way, and then, and maybe He's trying to. And in that process, I grow weary and I grow faint hearted. But can I just encourage you today that faith really isn't seasonal, it's continual. Faith isn't seasonal. It's continual, you, man. We are not to have faith just for that season. We're always to have faith. We're always to have faith, and it can get tiring, and it can get weary, and it can get difficult. And man, it could be it can be like the same old tune. You know what I mean? Like change the song, but faith is seasonal. Isn't seasonal? It's continual. Because if everyone, if you only have faith for for the seasonal, for, for just a little bit, or for the seasonal time in your life when things are not going good, then I think everyone would trust God. It'd be easy. But we want God to be faithful, but I want to encourage you, we should be faithful too. Amen? Bless you. Amen? But we want God to be faithful, but man, we should be faithful too. I want to kind of get my teaching hat on because... I really battled with this message this week. I begin to realize here's what Hebrews 11 um, verse 1 says. Now faith, right, is the assurance, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen. I want anyone to say this word right here. On the count of three, say hope. One, two, three. Hope. hope. Now, faith, I, man, I, got, I got faith, I got faith the size of a mustard seed. If I speak to that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast something to the sea, I can have what I, what I say I, I want. But man, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. So where does hope come in to this perhaps God faith thing? Where does hope come in? And I found this in a great, uh, uh, in the Lexi, uh, Lexham Lexi, Lexham Bible Dictionary. It says hope. It's the confidence that by integrating God's redemptive acts in the past, that's God's word. That's God's word. And and, and trusting human responses in the present, the faithful will experience the fullness of God's goodness, both in the present and in the future. Can I get an amen? In the present and in the future, biblical faith rests on the trustworthiness of God to keep his promises. What does that mean for me today? That is, I am confident that God's going to keep his promise. I am confident that God's going to come through. Can I be honest with you? Even when I don't really fully believe that. I'm I'm still confident. I love what this author says. By faith alone, we are sure of eternal things that they are. But by hope, by hope, we are confident that we shall have them. All hope requires faith. All hope requires faith. So what, what does this mean? Because if you're like me, and a lot of times a preacher gets up here and they're like, this is in the Lexham uh, Bible Dictionary on page 562. I zone out, right? I just kind of like, yeah, that's great. Like, this is wonderful. But what does hope have to do with faith? Hope requires faith. And so what do I do in this faith journey? As I'm saying, perhaps God will answer my prayers. Perhaps God will fight on my behalf. What do I do? I want to encourage you. We, we have faith in God, but we fight with hope. We have faith in God, but we fight. For somebody in this room, you fight for hope. I hope it's going to happen. I hope it's going to take place. And I love this, Romans chapter 8. It says, for in this hope, we, we, we were saved. I'm saved by grace through faith. I hope, Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For those who hope for what he sees, but if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. We wait for it with patience. But man, what, Pastor Jeremy, I mean, was hope? Man, I, I, I have faith in God and perhaps what I hope for will come to pass. Perhaps what I hope for will come to pass. Hope is difficult. Hope is challenging. I want you to see the scripture again because I can go back now. Come on, somebody. But it's just not hope that is seen. It's not hope. But a lot of times if we don't see God moving, We lose hope. That's not hope. That's not hope. Hope is what we don't see, but we wait for it. I know it's coming. For years and years, I've I had spinal meningitis when I was 18 months old. I have, was in a coma for three days, but on the third day, I rose again like my Savior Jesus. Come on, somebody! And I, I, from 18 months to three years old, I was deaf. I, I'm completely deaf in this year. I'm 60% deaf uh, in this year. It's a miracle. I'm speaking to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and it's powerful. And and from three years on, I've been wearing hearing aids. And can I tell you, uh, my mom's a praying mama. Come on, she had TBN. She'd plead the blood of Jesus over me. She'd be anointing me with oil, giving me this on my forehead when I was 10 years old. Like, Mama, what are do you doing? Jesus is going to heal you, you know? I've been believing for a long time. I've had people pray for me, lay hands on me. I've been compelled by the Spirit, laid out in the Holy Ghost on the floor for hours, and I have not been healed yet. But guess what? I'm waiting patiently. I'm waiting patiently. And it is so difficult, but I'm still saying perhaps God's going to do it. Perhaps God's going to do it. Perhaps God's going to do it. But here's the problem. Have you ever heard this phrase, if you can't beat them, join them? And a lot of times in our faith journey, I've been in ministry about 19 years, next year will would be 20. And I've seen even the temptation to say, I, I, am, I am tired of believing. I am frustrated. I haven't seen it yet. You know how long I've been believing for it? You know, it's been five years, one year. You know, it's been six months, ten years. You know, it's been 30 years. I I, I have been believing and believing and believing. And the danger is when you lose heart, when you grow weary, you you say, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm sick of it. Now I'm just going to go to the complete extreme. If I can't beat them, then I might as well join them. for me in this message, I'm going, how in the world did Jonathan not lose hope? How in the world did Jonathan, leaving his his army, his dad's army, just took an armor bearer with one weapon? And how in the world did Jonathan say, perhaps God? How did he not lose hope? Even if you begin to read the story of Jonathan, he goes into another victory, into another battle. Man, he learns about David. It says, David, you're the next king, not me, even though my dad's king. Jonathan has such faith in God, such hope in God, but there's reasons why we lose hope. And here's number one, if you're taking notes real quick today, I'm going to go fast. Number one, we lose hope when the attacks come. I I don't know if you've noticed this, right? Like like legacy offering um, was last week, and uh, I know I'm speaking to somebody in this room, but like, you know, we, we gave, we prayed, and we said, man, I want to make a difference. Man, I want to have an eternal ROI. Uh, man, I want an internal return on investment. I want my money to, to go towards salvation and souls in our city. Man, I want I want. I a pastor, and, and you gave a legacy offering. And, and even this week, I was uh, driving my truck to Levi's school, and all of a sudden, poof, a tire had a punctured hole in it, and my tire was flat, so I left it there. And your boy's got AAA, because he, he just knows. I just know. So I AAA come out, they changed the tire, and I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, and, and they changed the tire, and then uh, now I've learned i got to get four new tires because of the truck, because I've neglected the tires in the truck, and all these things. And you know what is literally in my mind? I laughed. All right? I didn't lose hope, but I went, ha, <laughs> ha, sure. The week we give a sacrificial offering, all these little expenses start showing up. Have I ever, is this anybody in this room or just me? All right? Can I be real with you? A lot of times when you're making a difference, the attacks show up. And I'm just kind of weird. Like, I, forgive me, I'm strange. But when something happens and something bad takes place, there's something in the back of my head go, God's moving. God's about to show off. God's about to show up. He's about to do something. And people are like, Are you okay? Oh, I'm more than okay. Because I've realized when you're making a difference, the attacks come. But I've also realized when you're not making a difference, there's not a lot of attacking going on. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus, I came, that you may have life and life abundantly. Can I? And there's a series we did, but I really believe. The thief does not have to steal, kill, and destroy if you're not making a difference. Because the enemy's not omnipresent, omnipotent. He can't be everywhere there once. He's not God. But man, if he can't. uh, Whoever said following Jesus was easy. Can I I throw that out there? I even heard somebody this week, Jesus, like following Jesus is war because the attacks come. The attacks come. And when the attacks come, we go, whoa, whoa. I thought Jesus was a genie in a bottle, baby. I hit hit some early 2000 people right there. (laughs) I thought I was going to get my money. (laughs) But when the attacks come, we say, I'm done. I'm good. I don't want any part of that. We lose hope. But also we lose hope when we get tired of waiting. We lose hope when we get tired of waiting. I think that's easier said than, I think it speaks for itself. But The Bible is in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't give up. I must confess, there's many times in my life when I got tired of waiting on God, that I took matters in my own hands. I said, I'm going to do it. God, I love you, but you're, you're about to bless what I'm going to do now, all right? And you're going to follow my lead. And more often than not, I get myself in bigger trouble. But in hindsight, I look back and go, oh, I was, it was right there. It was right there. But we give up when we, we get tired of, of waiting, but also we lose hope when we don't see a sign. I told my wife, Pastor Linda, this week, this is bugging me. This is bugging me in scriptures because in scriptures John says, behold, we're going to cross over over to the men. We'll show ourselves to them if they say to us. So he says, perhaps God will give us the victory. Perhaps God will fill in the blank. Then he says, if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we'll stand still in our place. We'll not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we'll go up to the Lord has given them into our hands. And this shall be the sign to us. So I was really battling this week. Do we ask God for signs? Like, I grew up thinking, like, no, no, don't do that. Here, Gideon chapter 6. How many remember Gideon in the Bible? And he's in Judges chapter uh, 6. And, and the angel appeared to Gideon. And, and, and Gideon said to him, and I love Gideon. Like, there's Jonathan, right? There's Jonathan people in this room, all right? And then there's about to be some Gideon people in this room. And I love this. And, and, and boom. God shows up and he says, and there's an angel that said, The Lord is with you, almighty mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please. See that right there? Please, please. Been there, done that. Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has this all happened? We lose hope when we say, Why? Why has this all happened to us? And, Where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers talked about, prophesied about, told me about? Where is this great and mighty God? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? Then Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand. I love this guy, right? Like, okay, all all right. If, if, if God will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. And if there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry and on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, and it was so. God did exactly what Gideon wanted him to do. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung the dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, let not your anger burn against me. Let me, don't we do this? We're like, God, where are you? God answers our prayer. Like, God, I'm so sorry. He's like, you're awesome. I love you. But let me speak just once more. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more what the fleece do and God did so that Night. Here's why I begin to realize the differences between perhaps God and Gideon saying, "Show me a sign." It was that Gideon asked for a sign because of his doubt? Jonathan asked for a sign to understand the strategy. The strategy. God, I know you're going to do it, but how are we going to do it? God, I, I I have faith and hope that God's going to do what He's going to do. That's not an issue but I need the strategy, but Gideon asked for a sign because of his doubt. Jonathan wasn't asking, is God going to do this? He was asking, how is God going to do it? It's, it's difficult because even here it says in, in the uh, Bible dictionary, we should conclude that fleecing or asking for a sign is usually a diversion from responsible decision-making. It's a diversion. It takes away our need to continue to trust God to guide us step by step. As we move along, our growth in faith would then be stunted. You know what Gideon was doing? Gideon was saying, I don't really believe this is going to happen. This is what I want you to do. It's the same way as as us saying, God, I love you, but this is what I want you to do for me. But, uh, But Jonathan was saying, God, I love you, but this is what I want to do. For you. It changes. It changes. A sign should never be permission because God's promises are enough. I think this is a difficult message for us today, and I wish, like, perhaps God would be like, ooh, come on, perhaps God. And I crowd surf, you know? And but I think we need to move from God. I need a sign. To move to, I need God's promise. Because anytime you read the Bible, you have to be, you have to be aware there's two promises. There's type, two types of promises in the Bible. The first type of promise is a promise to that Bible character. That we get to see God made a promise or a prophecy to that Bible character. That promise is not for us, but it's for that character. But it's, but it's a, it brings us faith and hope to say, wow, if God can do it for him, God can do it for me. And the second type of promise is the promise that's for all of us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Man, if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. There's different promises in the Bible. So a sign should never be permission, but God's promises are enough. But I want to encourage you today, is what I'm believing for found in God's word? Is what I'm praying for found in God's word? And if you're in this room you're saying, I don't know, let's find it. Let's look for it. Let's look for it. And here's what I love in Ephesians chapter 6, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done it all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the blessed plate of righteousness, as of the shoes for your peace, having put on the readiness to give you by the gospel of peace, that's Nike right there, come on, somebody, right, Air Jesus, you know, was that bad? That was bad. Was that bad? That was bad. That was I don't have notes. That was that, but okay. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and all supplication. Why are you reading this verse? Because I want to teach you today how do I fight for hope? How do I become like Jonathan instead of Gideon? How, man, how do I fight for hope? And if you're Gideon in this room today, there's still hope for Gideons in this room as well. I'm, I feel like I'm more Gideon than I am Jonathan. i will try to become Jonathan. Or I'm like, perhaps God will. Give me a sign. Well, how do I fight for hope? Here's what I'm going to talk about real quick. is have trust in God. Not yourself. Not yourself. You know what Gideon was doing? Gideon was asking signs. If you, if you heard his verbiage, Gideon was going, show me how you're going to use me. I'm the weakest in my clan, in Manasseh. I am nothing. Jonathan didn't say, God, am I worthy enough? Jonathan said, perhaps God will fulfill his promise that he gave to my dad through the prophet Samuel. Jesus said it. I believe it. Yes, I know his word is true. That's an old song. Sorry. But have trust in God, not yourself. The Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. Can I just tell you, this could be like, like this is the bumper sticker, right? Like we could put this, you know, on a new car and, and, and nobody's going to do it because y'all are crazy drivers and y'all want to protect your church. I get it. I love it. But have trust in God, not yourself. This is, this is, this is man, this is easier said than done. Because we can look at what we can see and still try to have hope in what we can't see. But we say, God, today I choose to trust you with all my heart. I'm going to lean on what I know. I'm not going to lean on what I can see. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. He will guide you. He will lead you. So number one is, is trust God, not yourself. Number two is read God's word. I don't know if you can see this in the gray, but when I read God's word, I allow scriptures to lead me. I don't lead scriptures. So I don't go through scriptures and go, okay, let me find that scripture that's going to fit the context of what I need right now. I allow scriptures to lead me, lead my prayers, lead my emotions. I love uh, uh, Psalms. uh, There we go. Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet it light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it. I love this, to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted though, so give me life, O Lord, according to your word. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. So trust God. How do I trust God? By reading his word. Now, when I read God's word, there's instructions. Even Pastor Lindsay, when she got uh, in our rally, I was reading in Psalms this morning. Every single day, our word, God's word, it guides us and leads us. I love this. God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, a lot of times when I lose hope, I got to get off social media. I got to turn the news off. I mean, there's even some friends like, I love you, you know, like, not right now. And I got to get into my word. Get the Bible lab going. Man, watch Chosen, right? Uh, Man, watch the life of Jesus. Man, when I get afraid or discouraged or when I feel lost, I want you to know this church, this church, man, is led by God's word. Every sermon is led by God's word. Man, we pray and we fast. In January, we're going to do 21 days of prayer again, which leads me to my next point. How do, I, how, do I, how do I fight with hope? Pray at all times. Pray at all times. I believe I'm going to set somebody free today. Because I grew up going like, you're not a Christian unless you spend like an hour a day in prayer. You know what I mean? Like, like did, did, you, did you pray today? You're like, no, not really. But I love this, what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You would pray without ceasing means, it doesn't mean you're like, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. You know what I mean? But pray without ceasing is you're just talking to God all day long. Man, you're thanking Him. God, thank you. Thank you for the driver in front of me who cut me off. Bless him. In Jesus' name, right? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He who called you is faithful. He will surely do it. I want you to see this right here. He'll surely do it. The author said, listen, rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks. This is the will of God. And if you do this, you'll be reminded, he who called you is faithful, and he will do it. I have hope again. I have hope again. Can I just tell you, prayer keeps me hopeful. So trust God, not yourself. Get into God's word. Pray. Also, here's the next one. Find community. Find community. And this, more than ever, we've seen the pandemics and all that and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I really believe if the devil can isolate you, he can defeat you. If he can get you out of community, you're going to begin to see your hope deteriorate. Because he could just, I mean, he's... Sometimes, I don't know if this, this is not, I mean, this, I don't know where this is coming from, but I think sometimes the devil's more patient than we are. He's in that long game. He's, he, he just, you, just don't, you just don't go, whoa, big sin, big T, I'm all, bam. It's, it, it, it's a compilation of little things at a time. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. We've got to find community. I love this in Hebrews, just before the, the faith chapter. It says, let us consider... How to stir up one another to love and to good works. Let us stir one another up and say, come on, let's not just do church. Man, a lot of times we, 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 we want this. We want community. And that's like, man, I don't have friends at McDonald's because they go through the drive-thru. Man, you got to stay. You got to call this church home or another church, another life-giving church and say, this is my people. This is my place. And this is my purpose. But you need people in your life that can stir you up and say, hey, man, what's your next step? Yeah, what's your, what's your next step? I mean, is it is it connect? Is it serving? Is it making a difference? Is it fostering a child? Man, is not going buying presents for someone you've never met before and wrapping it and bringing it back to this church, making an impact in someone's life? Man, is it going door to door with hangers and saying, you know what? Man, I got to walk a lot of miles. My rings are going to get full my watch. I'm, I've been stirred up. By love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some. And hear me out, this is not just a pastor's verse. Okay, I totally get it. Please understand. But there's something about being together, encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near. Can I be kind of selfish? I love my community. Because during perhaps, God, I wrote down prayers on a card and say, do it. It's the, same, it's the same prayers. But during this collection of talks, you have spurred me on. This community has encouraged and grow, you've grown my faith by what you're believing for. But we're seeing, we're seeing miracles. We're seeing people get changed and transformed. People are seeing it in your life. And they're going, whoa, I know your story. Why are you so happy? You're stirring me on. You're stirring those that you do life with on. You're encouraging them. You're stirring them up. Man, I'm, it's powerful. It's huge. A lot of things I can say about community. So, man, and the last one is is worship. It's kind of where a pastor throws us up there and then he gets out of the way because yeah, here's what I love about the story of Gideon. Gideon's like most of us. Where he's hiding. He was threshing wheat in a hole. In a wine press. Which means he was busy, but he wasn't effective. An angel Lord shows up and says, Hey, behold, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Why are you hiding that hole? And Gideon's like, Shh, Philistines, the Midianites, they're gonna get us. I don't want to get hurt, and I wanna die. And the Lord said, I'm going to use you to fight them. Long story short, Gideon does the sing and the show me a sign, show me a sign. You know, if we do that so many times. God, show me a sign. God shows you something. You're like, uh, show me another one. Yeah, that's coincidence. And finally, Gideon starts to slowly obey God. Small obedience led to bigger obedience. If you're faithful to small. God gives you more. Sure enough, Gideon recruits and he recruits over what like three hundred men. I have to read the story again. And also, God said, "Man, take all those men down to the river, and those that go like this, you keep them. But them jokers that are like, you know, put their head in the water and drinking that, get rid of them. They're sloppy. They're messy. Get rid of them." God cuts his army, uh, man, in half. And I love this. Gideon's praying the night before, and God said, "I want you when you see the bad guys." I want you to put your weapons down and pick up a trumpet. Can you imagine, Gideon, like, this is totally, this is my world right here, where you're like, come on, God. Mm." I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do this. And God's like, wait down your weapons and pick up your instrument. When you see the bad guys, blow your horn, break the pot. There's going to be flame in the pot. Break it and shout. I want you to worship. And Gideon's like, that's jacked up. So he goes and prays, and someone else has a dream and comes to Gideon in his prayer time. And I never saw this before. I want to see Judges chapter 7. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream, the dream was Gideon, you, you're going to have victory. You're going to do it. This is a prophetic a prophecy to, to Gideon and his interpretation. He worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. He you worshiped. He worshiped. You know, this summer, man, my wife and I and our family, we, we, we had a battle. We had, uh, just a situation that was taking place, and man, there's so many, there's a part of us that just wanted to, like, we're leaders. Like, I'm, I've been a Christian a long time, uh, but I'm also from the east side. Come on, somebody. I know people from East L.A. will handle it. Well, I there's how I many know I'm talking about? Am I just talking to like like to, to to Avenue or yeah? Like let's be real, right? You're like God is good all the time. Yeah, but how are you on Monday? <laughs> and we had a situation where where it's like, what do we do? What do we do? And Pastor Lindsay, she was literally like, be right back. And she went in our bedroom and locked. she locked the door. I was like, babe, are you? Oh, it's locked. She's like, I need a minute. And what she did in that bedroom, she was there all day. And she told me afterwards, she said, I told God, I'm not going to leave this room until you speak to me. It wasn't a sign or this or that. It was, I won't leave this room until you speak to me. God began to speak to her through the word, through just on the inside, through the Holy Spirit. And then she went to war in that room. She was praying, praying in the spirit, writing in her prayer journal. My goodness. And when she came out, guess what? She had strategy. She had strategy. And when she had strategy, and hear me out, it happens to her, it happens to me. That particular situation, she came out and she said, I have strategy. This is what we're going to do. And I was like, Let's go, girl. Let's do this. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I'm with you, heart and soul. But can I just understand that a lot of times we want to fight in the physical and avoid the spiritual when really we should fight in the spiritual so that we can fight in the physical. God lead me on what to go and what to do, because I need victory. And it's not what I want, but it's what God wants. You will not worship us, Worship until you believe again. Perhaps God, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't know if it's going to take place. My answer is just worship. Worship. Trust God, not yourself. Get into your word. Pray. Get into community. Because the more you lose hope, the more you're going to isolate. They are connected, I promise you. But I want us to worship until you believe again. Worship, and I believe we, we had a taste of that before this message today. If you're brand new today, this is just, this perhaps God series. I mean, this is just, it's, it, this is my heartbeat. And next week, we'll, we'll do Christmas. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. But we're gonna believe again. And Abby, I know you've been playing a long time, girl. You've been doing good over there, yeah? Use that gift, right? Terry's in there. Here's what I want us to do. If you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to believe again. Pastor, I want to believe perhaps God will. we got just a few more minutes. Everyone stand in this room, please. And may I just want to encourage you. We worship. We're going to do a quick song. And may I just want you to say, I'm going to worship until I believe again. I'm going to worship in the spiritual. So now I know what to do in the natural in the physical. So go ahead, will you close your eyes, raise your hands. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Father, I thank you for the series. God, I thank you for what you've been doing in this church. Father, I pray for every single prayer that has been prayed, every single card that's been written down, that Jesus, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to believe again. Help us to place our hope and trust in you. But Father, I pray as we begin to worship and raise our hands and lift our voice, that Jesus, I pray, you begin to move on our behalf. Holy Spirit, I pray, give us strategy. Holy Spirit, I pray, begin to speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray, give us heart and soul today. In Jesus' name, just take a moment. Go ahead, Abby. Go ahead, Terry.
1: Thank you Jesus
0: Thank you, Lord. Let me pray, close out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Father, God, I thank you that the best is still yet to come. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do inside of us and through us. The Father, I pray for every single person that's here today. I want to encourage you, if you've been feeling like you've been attacked, because the devil sees something in you, he sees something powerful. He sees you're a threat to the kingdom. Because he's about to see, you're about to see what he sees. God's hand on you. God's using you. God's doing something extraordinary in your life. Don't give up. Don't quit. God is faithful. So I'm going to be faithful. Don't give up. Don't quit. Perhaps God will. Perhaps God will. Everybody have I closed if you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor, I quit a long time ago. I'm just, I'm just here. I don't feel any joy. I don't feel any hope. I don't feel any purpose. If that's you today, you're saying, but something about this message. It's like God's awakened a warrior in the inside of me. I want to give my life back to Jesus. If you're in this room today, you say, I don't know what is going on. Never been in church. But I want this Jesus. I want to feel love and joy and purpose again. My goodness, I want a strategy for my life, which is called purpose for my life. If that's you today, man, I'd be so honored. To lead you in a prayer that will confess with your mouth that He is your Savior and He is your Lord, not only so you go to heaven, but so that heaven comes to your earth. That God begins to do something in your life. If that's you today, can you just raise a hand, put it right back down. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but just put a hand, put it right back down. I see that hand. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. On the audience, click that like button real quick. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Just up and right back down. It's a lot of hands. And perhaps God is gonna do something in you and through you. Perhaps God's gonna change your family. Perhaps God's gonna change your friendships. Perhaps God's gonna change your children and their children's children. Perhaps God's gonna change even the inheritance man, break generational curses over your life. Perhaps God is going to do it today. So let's everyone listen to your voice today. I gotta to get off this stage. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. Come on. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.